Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. I'm the author of Owning It, The Confidence Kit, and Naked is my latest book. For this episode, I'm so excited to say that I am joined by Millie McIntosh. I've been a fan of Millie's for quite a long time, especially since becoming a parent. I just love how candid she is, how much she shares on social. That's really authentic. She has always been very open in her posts about her experience of anxiety. And in this episode, we talk through her whole anxiety story. So how it began, how it manifested, what it felt like for her, how she dealt with this, what she does on a day-to-day basis to keep herself feeling okay, how becoming a parent influenced her anxiety, pregnancy anxiety, postpartum anxiety, and now that she has baby number two on the way, we talk about that as well. I'm so grateful to Millie for giving me the time. Anyone else will know her from from her Instagram and from different things like Made in Chelsea, which is where she got her start, I suppose. And she's had all the different fashion lines. She's a fashion influencer, beauty, everything. She does everything and she's she's brilliant. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and I hope that you get as much from it as I did. Millie, thank you so, so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. As I said, I've always been a huge fan of yours and for all that you share. And I've always just loved how candid you are and how willing you are just to let yourself be vulnerable. And I think it's just so important in social media to to have people like that who just you know, take the veil down and show a bit of reality. Thank you. Obviously the theme of the podcast is anxiety, so we're going to get right into that. But social media can be such a source of anxiety for people, you know, certainly for me, like trying to live up to certain expectations of what others put out there or what you should put out there. So I'm wondering, did you make a conscious decision at some point just not to only show the best bits and to, you know, share the vulnerable parts as well? Yes, totally. So I think for me, it really started, um, kind of in my first pregnancy. So when I was pregnant with Sienna, um, which was like two years ago, I literally found out almost to the day that I was pregnant with her. 
And to be honest, my first reaction when I got pregnant with Sienna was to really withdraw from social media. Um, I don't know about you, but being a first time mum and I found the first couple of months like quite anxiety inducing generally. And it's really hard if you're used to sharing things on social media and suddenly you're hiding like the biggest thing that's ever happened to you from people. You don't want anyone to know before 12 weeks. I felt really ill and I couldn't share any of it. And my reaction was just really to like, I, I felt like I just did, I wanted to just be offline. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to share anything. I was convinced people would be able to tell I was pregnant even when I like wasn't showing. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was just like written on my face and I kind of felt myself like withdrawing a bit. And then I think once I had had it like got past 12 weeks and announced the news, I, I slowly started to find like my feet with it a bit and found my confidence and started it was I was nervous to do it but I started um sharing more about like my symptoms and how I was feeling the, the ups and downs not just feeling happy but you know I shared about feeling anxious and various symptoms that how they were awful they were making me feel and I was so overwhelmed with um the like great response I was getting from my followers for being more open and candid um and also just like the kind of the comfort I could take from hearing a lot of other people who'd been through the same thing yeah. um, a lot of people were giving me advice um, things that helped them feel better in the same situation mm-hmm. and it just made me realize that there's this whole community out there and when you use social media um, in a more open and honest and real way you can really have these connections with people yeah I found the same I feel like you know I've always been open about my anxieties long before I had Kaylin because for me it was like I either had a choice to only put out the best bits and like have this pressure to live up to what I was putting out there or just be myself. And not only did it benefit, you know, people who are following me or following you to say, oh my God, Millie's like a human being. She, you know, she has all the same symptoms I'm feeling. She's feeling overwhelmed. She's feeling anxious. You know, not every day is perfect. It also takes the pressure off you, I'm wondering, because it did for me, that you're kind of closing the gap between what you put out there and how you are privately. And that's like where imposter syndrome can come up. So when you're, you know, if you're putting out one completely different scenario to what is your real life, the pressure to live up to that, to fulfill that is I think quite a source it of anxiety. Kind of, it feeds in. It feeds into the anxiety for sure. You're like creating um, this impossible thing to keep up. And um, I had definitely felt the pre- you know I feel like social media has changed a lot in the last year. But there was definitely one point with um, social media, particularly obviously with Instagram, where people are showing images of you know their perfect, everything looking perfect all the time and the best best moments. And it's hard. To, it's really hard to keep that up. And then. You know, when you're you're having days when you you know you're feeling like shit, you haven't got makeup on. Maybe you're maybe you're having you know a bad day with your mental health, whatever you've got going on, and you and you're like, but how am I meant to share anything about this because it doesn't look good? You know, it doesn't look. It's not. I can't edit it. I can't put a filter on it and like make it look glamorous or like, you know. And and I think I definitely felt that in lockdown as well. It was like, what am I going to share again today? Like another picture of me like sitting in my house. And we've had to get really like creative and I guess just kind of really adapt. For me, I've really had to adapt the kind of content that I do share. And it's not just pictures from events and holidays and, you know, different outfits in lovely locations. Um, and, and it has definitely got a lot more real and, and unedited. And I think it, t- it took a bit of time for me to kind of find, feel comfortable with that. And do you think like for anxiety that you experience in general has getting to this more authentic place with your social media and what you put out there, do you think that's helped positively overall, like your anxiety levels? Definitely. I think 
just knowing that I am being more honest and, and that when I open up and share when I'm having a bad day I know that actually also like helps other people who are also feeling the same as me and like instantly getting those messages back from people saying oh, thank you so much for being honest today like I really needed to hear that I feel the same too like it does make you feel less alone absolutely there is a tendency though I find as well like maybe it's more of an Irish thing but we people respond so much to negativity like it's kind of like a misery porn thing that then there's yeah. an anxiety around sharing when things are going really well or when you're having a really good day in case people are like well it's so unrelatable you know so you just I mean you can't really win can you you, just you can't to- really win sometimes I think I don't want it to sound like I'm moaning yeah because I'm so grateful to have had a baby and to be going through pregnancy again and I know so many people suffer with trying to get pregnant you know and it's I ha- at times I have thought, oh, I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't complain about these symptoms because I don't want to seem to seem ungrateful, and I'm I am incredibly grateful. But then, at the same time, you d- you don't. I want to be honest about it. I I don't love being pregnant all the time. It's really hard. I'm currently like literally, you can't even see that I wanted to actually look nice for our uh, our Zoom, <laughs> even, though, even though even though we're not even though like <laughs> no, honestly, no, my hair is like past the help of dry shampoo I've got like two two big spots like spot cream on I'm going to an event later so I'm getting my glam later so you've literally got nice me. I've got the real moment. you <laughs> you've got me I'm wearing like a one a unitard like a, like a onesie and I've got um like a support uh, a support band on because my pelvic pain is so bad and I'm literally like limping around the house um and this is the reality of like my third trimester yeah. right now like it's it's not it's not a glowing, radiant, like smiling pregnant woman. Both things can coexist. And I mean, I want to, I definitely want to get into talking about anxiety experience when you do become yes. a parent and when the baby's already there. But I think people, women in particular, obviously feel the need to like caveat when they say, look, I'm going to share that it's difficult sometimes, but I also want you to know that I love my baby or that I'm so grateful. Like it goes without saying and both feelings can yeah. coexist, you know, like even someone who goes through an incredibly tough time where fertility can still come out the other side and have a really shit day with their baby and think, I, I have no right to say this because I'm so grateful. You do have a right to say it and it's normalizing yeah. normalizing how, you know, the ups and downs of it. And that just takes everyone's anxiety down a level or not, I think, I really believe. So I think it's important to just, it's not about sharing the good bits or the bad bits or like going in one direction, just, just sharing what's real you know and like if you're having a great day having a beautiful holiday that's what people want to see as well you know they're there for all of it completely it's like it's like not having the guilt about it and just being like cool this is just my reality right now yeah exactly and just like you said like just being honest you've always been really forthcoming before Sienna I've definitely heard you speak about anxiety being an issue for you have you always struggled with it was there a particular time in your life that it came about for you yes looking back I would say I am a naturally anxious person in that I have like a an anxious disposition. I'm a bit of a warrior. I'm a planner. Uh, I like to be in control. And I would say looking back, I first probably started feeling anxious and having panic attacks when I was probably around 18, but I didn't understand that it was anxiety then. So I would think I had a really bad stomach ache. I would get a lot of stomach pains, a lot of IBS symptoms. Um, and I would just feel like, if I was, if I, you know, if this feeling struck, I would just be like, I would just relate it to like, I'll be like, oh, I've got the stomachache again. I've got to go home. But like understanding more about it now, I know that that's how the anxiety was showing up and it was giving me like the physical symptoms. I didn't understand my mental health at that point in any way, shape or form. So I couldn't understand like what the feelings were. I often just felt like I had to get out of wherever I was and just like leave. Yeah. 
Um, and I was bullied as a te- as bullied at different schools. I had different situations, but I would say a lot of the anxiety probably did stem from that. And that was probably through my teenage years. And um, then I would struggle with panic attacks um, kind of randomly from kind of the age 18 onwards. Not all the time. So, you know, they would just like come out of the blue. Um, and I didn't probably start to understand and like realize that I had anxiety and start putting a label on it probably till I was more in my like early 20s because there just there was no awareness of you know there was no label to put on it you know and also like the last thing you want to do at the age of 18 is put up your hand and say like oh I'm feeling overwhelmed I don't want to be at this party I need to go home exactly because it's such because it exactly and I do remember like friends being like what's wrong with you like what I'd be like at a party exactly like I was like a few times when I was traveling I took like some time out on my gap year and um, I would have these like anxious feelings and just have to like leave where we were. And remember, it even happened at like the full mo- full moon party in Thailand. And I was, and, and it was just you know looking back, like it was. Of course, it was an overwhelming experience. It was like all these people, like everyone was like being really crazy. Um, and and I and I was really overwhelmed. And I and I remember just going back and sitting in our like little hut, and I could hear all the noise. And I was like, this is horrible. But I just like couldn't I couldn't handle it. I know. And I remember my, my friends being like, what's wrong with you? This is so fun. Like like just get it together. Like have another drink. You'll be fine. And I was like, no. Like you don't understand. Like I I can't even drink. So then, like for you, what started as maybe anxiety rooted in the bullying becomes anxiety about the physical symptoms of IBS because they alone are enough to give you anxiety because you're like well I need to be at home then the anxiety about not understanding why you're feeling like this and you know what why is this happening to me and then the anxiety of what what are people thinking about me and it becomes it just grows arms and legs and then it becomes something that's really impeding your life and almost word for word what you've described like being 18 all the IBS symptoms friends being like what's wrong with you like just have a good time word for word yeah. my experience oh, yeah, which is like the worst thing someone can say to you but like if you you know you start explaining to someone I like I feel anxious and they're like but nothing's wrong like what's wrong has, has anyone ever said to you what have you got to be anxious about or sure look at yeah. you you've, you've no yeah. reason to be stressed out yeah I remember it was actually it was I when I was filming Made in Chelsea I this some um, you know the anxiety was coming up a bit more I think like see then as went from being like an unknown person to being in the public eye and being part of this new experience which again was it was fun but it was it was all unknown and quite overwhelming and and there was quite a lot of travel and stuff like that involved and I remember being abroad in Morocco and and I started having a panic attack on set and one of the producers like sat me down and she was like where are your feet right now and I was like what are you talking about she was like look at your feet and tell me like where are your feet right now and I said well they're on the ground they're in they're in the sand and she was like and where are you and I was like we're at like we're at like Nikki Beach and I just remember this moment really clearly and she was like are you safe right now like look around you are you are you safe and I was like I looked around and I suddenly was like yeah and I just suddenly felt so much better and it was like one of the first times that someone like talked me out of it and understood and actually I was like oh okay like other people get that I feel like this and like it's okay to feel like this and there are ways to like talk yourself out of it. And what do you think in those kind of moments was was triggering you like to have a panic attack in that moment? Is it being away from home, being swept up in this juggernaut of a show that became so successful? It's so, I find it so hard to know like where it, or sometimes where it comes from because one of the most confusing things I find with anxiety is often there doesn't seem to be any like, any reason why you're feeling it at that particular time that, it's easier to understand it. Say like you said this morning, I know you said didn't say you were anxious, you felt nervous, but if like, if I have a job coming up that 
maybe something like public speaking that I find really anxiety inducing is like my actual worst thing to do. <laughs> um, I can understand, but I can understand why I'm feeling anxious before. So it's easier to be like, okay, I can understand these feelings because it's because of this and I'll get through it. And, it, and that's why I feel anxious and nervous. But if, if you're doing something that you, you know, is completely normal for you or not something that should cause you any stress or any problems or and you're not you're not to your knowledge like worried about it at all but you're there doing it or about to do it and bam the the feelings are just coming up I find that really confusing and then people get extra freaked out by that because it's like I'm sitting on some of the worst panic attacks I've had have been sitting on my sofa and I think for me a big learning is realizing how stress can just be simmering away under the surface and it can build and build and then it doesn't take very much at all like maybe it was just a slightly high pressure environment was like the one straw that broke the camel's back yeah so I think that's something I've definitely noticed as well I'd say I'm a very sensitive person and I'm definitely sensitive to my environment so I don't like big crowds um that makes me quite anxious because I have kind of claustrophobia as well like I don't like um confined spaces uh, I get anxious when I fly. I hate the tube. Being underground is like my worst nightmare. It's like that feeling of like being trapped. I think it's like the loss of control. I remember as a child, I was like terrified of going in lifts and stuff. I'm fine with that now. But I think, yeah, I'm definitely quite sensitive to my environment. And if something feels like too hectic and stuff, like it can bring on those anxious feelings. But since since lockdown, I've found going back out into like busy restaurants and busy public um you know situations has been bringing on a bit of anxiety as well which really sucks because I was so excited to like get back out and socialize again and do things but being pregnant I it's like I'm also the hype like hyper aware to like my surroundings and I feel like I assess everything and everyone around me for like you know danger and risk but if you think about it, like, I mean, the, the, the anxiety you feel going back out into the world is makes so much sense because like over the last 18 months and being pregnant and having a little baby, our minds and bodies have been primed to be on high alert for a threat. Like you quite literally are facing a legitimate threat to your survival when you step outside your door. And we've like, we've finally kind of gotten that message. And now to be told, oh, it's okay. You can go back and be in a busy restaurant. The part of your brain that senses threat is like, hold on a minute, firing off. And it's giving you the yeah. signal to get out of there. So it's going to take a while to get back into that as, as well like it's an extra added layer being pregnant and like just becoming so I remember one of I, one of the last panic attacks I had was when I was pregnant and I was at a gig and I wasn't that far along but I just I I'm not great in crowds but I was so much more aware yeah. of the crowd because I was like I need to protect this other thing yeah, here as well completely and so that's I mean that's a lot so was there a point where uh, obviously there's like there's tangible anxieties like you know fear of small spaces or fear of big crowds things that you can say like I know that I can work through that or I can avoid that but with the more general anxiety like just feeling overwhelmed the panic attacks did you reach a point where you said like I need to do something about this or I need to understand this better yes so I would say when I was kind of in my early 20s um when I it was probably when I first started to think okay I want to get a bit of help for, for this um and realizing that you know, with with treatment, it was something that I could I could work on and manage. But that also, if I just ignored it, it wasn't going to go away. You know, it was something I was going to have. It was part of me, and I was going to have to like work on it. Um, so I started to have a bit more awareness of my mental health. I'd say in my early twenties, um, I've done various types of therapy, from NLP to cognitive therapy to um, just you know general like just like talking therapy. Um, I've done. I'd say like, I started to also realize that it was really a lifestyle change that I was going to need to make and starting to 
look after myself more like exercising I didn't have an exercise routine a really good one probably till I was about 23 24 and that massively helped that was one of the biggest things for me getting it getting into exercise um not just for my body but like you know to be mentally to help me like be mentally strong as well I definitely want to ask you about the various things that you do to keep yourself feeling well on a day-to-day basis but just to go back to I suppose when Made in Chelsea came along suddenly over almost overnight I guess from when the show comes out you know, an element of anxiety would, I'm sure, come from suddenly your marriage, your family. There's so much public interest in, in your life. How did you respond to that? And, and like, I, I assume that you would have to set up quite healthy boundaries to protect yourself from the opinions of the world. It, it definitely, it didn't feel like it happened overnight in terms of like the show was the show was out and then it took a bit of time to to build and to get the momentum. And it wasn't like people were coming up to me on the street the first week it came out. So that happened, I would say that did happen more gradually. And it's still weird, but you do, you weirdly get used to that. Um, and on the whole, I find like, I'm, you know, people, are, I, I feel quite lucky that people are, are normally quite nice when they want to say hi. And I normally yeah. like love having a, having a, a chat with them as long as they don't say anything super weird. Yeah. Um, but it was... It, yeah we didn't have it was quite different then because I wasn't Instagram like Instagram was just starting and I used to use it to do kind of what I'm wearing today type posts and it was it was way more unedited back then you know we didn't have all these like apps and filters and reels it was just you know quite straight up not particularly glossy like images so it was quite real in a way that people would just post pictures of like anything and everything and it wasn't always you know your grid didn't look like perfect it was no consistency yeah no um so I started so Twitter was big so you would get people's opinions on Twitter I find Twitter such a toxic place the thing with Twitter is yeah like exactly like you said people would be because they almost felt like quite protected behind you know behind their profile and yeah you know they just anonymous you know often anonymous exactly and lots of like kind of troll accounts and people would just lit just yeah you just say literally what they think of you and you're putting yourself on this um flat you're you know out there on this platform and on a reality show like almost like I guess people feel like you're asking for it like you're asking to be criticized and you are you know I was what a 20 21 year old girl um and the show was you know such an amazing opportunity I'm so so glad I did it but definitely looking back now I can understand what you know why I was getting these feelings of anxiety and I think some of the you know some of the really mean things people would say back on Twitter um they really stick with me I can remember them now and you you'd sadly you often do remember it's human nature right you do remember that one mean comment out of a hundred nice ones yeah because it's a threat um, and it, so the show would be on on a Monday evening it's on like 9 p.m and the, so that whenever it was like on on the on a Monday, the, the you know the tweets would like pour in. There'd be like so many you couldn't read them all, and also it was you know it was kind of a thrill because you'd see like your followers going up, but then at the same time you'd have like a lot of comments and um you know when people were like attacking your character or to be honest the most hurtful thing I often found was just like attacking how I looked and saying really mean things. I've definitely got thicker skinned um, over the years, but that is you know that was something that was really hurtful and um it did affect my confidence definitely and it made me conscious of like certain things so like people would always say oh you have like really thin lips or you have like 
a double chin or you've you know you've got like no expression or you know you whatever it was you look like this you're flat chested you look like a boy like whatever comment it was you know like that would really like stick in my head it was challenging but then I would try and take from it like the positive and the because I would also get a lot of nice comments about what I was wearing or yeah you know there was lots of fans as well but you find Instagram generally a more supportive place for the most part I find in yeah I do find Instagram a more supportive place so I guess Instagram for me kind of started for obviously from me doing the show and getting these followers on Twitter and then slowly over time didn't plan for it you know I didn't know I would become an influencer I didn't know that was a thing yeah but it just it just naturally built um and I started using Instagram more and more and Twitter less and less and now you know that's kind of become my like main main job really I find with with social media and and like self-care there's there tends to be I'm noticing like you know the wellness industry kind of blew up and everyone was like oh we need to like be well we need to like I was voraciously hoovering up all these articles from different websites about all the different greens and plants and seeds and things to do and all the different ways of thinking and it was like the wellness which was meant as to like combat the stress and anxiety like just became another element of stress and anxiety became part of the problem and I find with self-care a lot of people you can kind of burn out in self-care as well where you're trying to subscribe to what other people's ideas of self-care yeah. or self-care that looks good on social media and you know for me sometimes self-care is just like getting into my thickest coziest pajamas under my duvet and it doesn't look great but that's you know it's just switching off what's your relationship with self-care and, and you know how do you keep it make sure that it's dialed into what really you need right now and what not what sounds good or looks good so my relationship with self-care has kind of grown over the, over the years um, and it's definitely been part of my journey into, you know, I wouldn't say, well, I'd say in, in managing my anxiety for sure, you know, um, wellness and self-care and the whole package of realizing you've got to look after, you know, your mind and body in, in order to truly like feel well. Um, and I've definitely had my ups and downs um, over the years. And now I would say, it's definitely changed since becoming a mum because, you know, looking back, like it's, you just have so much more time for yourself and, and to put just yourself and your needs first before you have children. So I got really into meditation um, in my twenties when I went through some like difficult times um, and that I did a, um, a course in transcendental meditation um, or TM as lots of people call it, which is like a mantra based meditation. And that, that massively helped me. Um, at a t- I, this is at a time when I was having like daily panic attacks and that was amazing for me. And it involved, is not a practice I, I, I make time for often now, I have to admit, and I do sometimes have guilt about that, but I, I do it in different ways. But at that time it was what I really needed. And I um, did two 20 minute meditations a day like one when I woke up and then one in the afternoon imagine having 40 minutes to yourself every day now (laughs) (laughs) I know so that was I you know that at that time definitely really helped me um and then when I was pregnant with Sienna I would I would meditate every day or okay not every day most days and I had a, a good practice with that and that definitely really helped with the kind of anxiety I felt in that pregnancy for like various reasons um, and now so since having a baby that, you know, waking up first thing and doing a meditation has just completely gone out the window and happened probably about three times in, <laughs> in like the year and a half. And then what you don't want to happen is to beat yourself up about the fact that you're not able to do it. And then that creates more anxiety because it's just not realistic. 
what I've actually got really into is using the Calm app and this is not, I'm not working with them or anything. This is, I just genuinely, I've used Headspace, use Calm. Like I use different app with the meditation timer. It just depends yeah. like kind of what I feel like I need. Um, but for me, mindfulness has definitely been really part of my self-care. And I do a like 15 minute um, pre-sleep meditation called like deep sleep. I think it's called like deep sleep relax. And it's like a body scan and it talks you through like kind of breathing, you know, visualizing the different parts of your body relaxing, which is like a, you know, ancient technique. And it does really help me to like fall into a deep sleep, stop, stop overthinking all the bits of my day. Um, and then fall, and actually my husband really loves it. So he's like, he's like, can you put, put on deep? I think it's called, no, it's called, is it called like deep peace or deep peace? Like, put on deep peace. So we like, <laughs> we get into bed, just like lie down and listen to it. It's quite oh, sweet. It's so, it's so much better than just sitting there scrolling your phone, which I mean, I'm guilty of doing all the time. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You mentioned there in your mid-twenties, like getting to the point of having, you know, panic attacks every day, maybe sometimes several in a day. Apart from the things that yeah. you can do, like transcendental meditation or, or mindfulness, what, like, what do you think in terms of how you think about anxiety, in terms of your perception of your anxiety, what was the changing point that got you from it being so frequent to it being something that you can manage? Like, was there a change in, in, in the way you approach anxiety? I think different things. I think when my anxiety was that bad, to be honest, it was really circumstantial because I was going through a difficult time personally. And, and, and so it was really related to that. And as that got less painful, like the anxiety did get easier. Um, to manage but I think it definitely is also about being um, more open to it weirdly rather than being like oh no I feel a bit anxious today you're like oh hi anxiety my old friend okay hey you want to hang out today cool like you're here like okay a bit busy but I'll make time for you like you can just hang out over there like and you're just like they're in the room you've seen them you're like hi 
like cool like check in with you later and then often like that would even just by doing that rather than fighting it a couple of hours would go and go by and you'd like it's gone oh it's so true I mean that for me like nail on the head is the biggest thing of like trying so hard to run away from it and not feel it and just creating more tension feeling it more and then see and feeling like anxious that you feel anxious like my anxiety would like have anxiety I'd have anxiety about having anxiety it's such such a horrid cycle to be caught in and I do still find myself sometimes now worrying about having anxiety and and I have to try and stop myself from doing that like tonight I'm actually going to my first work event in literally nearly it's you know it's definitely in like 18 months maybe more probably like I think it's like the first time in about 20 months that I'll have gone to an event um like a work event and I and I've been worrying like am I gonna feel anxious when I'm there and that's a really common anxiety and people ask me all the time like oh I'm getting married and like I definitely can't afford to feel anxious on my wedding day yeah like I figured when I got married that there's a very high chance that I'll feel anxious on my wedding day so what if you do like so for you going to this event later on yeah you know it's likely that you will feel overwhelmed and that's okay and if you can instead of saying oh god yeah. I can't feel that way which then make it worse if you can say look I'm going to bring my anxiety along with me later it, it, it's there in, in my handbag if it wants to pop out but like you if you can if you can like allow yourself confront the possibility of anxiety popping up then it takes the, the fear out of it or it takes the sting out of it and it kind of dissolves it a bit and it's like okay well well if, if I'm not going to have that much effect on you anyway I'm not going to bother you know yeah it's how changing how you think about it perception of anxiety yeah. is I think so much more important it's it's like the the cornerstone to start with before you can benefit from things like yoga or meditation or going for a walk it's like how you think about anxiety like I feel like if you know a lot of people just go through life on a permanent level of stress and anxiety and they slap a yoga class on the end of the day hoping it will just make it all okay but if you don't understand the anxiety in the first place yeah. and you don't unpack it and you don't allow for it and like you're not kind to yourself because you feel it then you're just adding more fuel to the fire you know so like I'm so glad that you said that 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 turning point for you was, was such a game changer because that's I suppose the main message I'm always trying to get across to people is if you can accept that it's going to pop up from time to time because you're a human being then it makes it so much easier to handle completely I actually um I have been, I would say that in this pregnancy, I've been much less anxious. I think just it being the second time, the combination of it's more, it's familiar, it's not now new and so scary. Um, I'm so busy with Sienna that, you know, it's having like less time, maybe alone with my thoughts to think about it. Um, and in saying that, you know, I have had like a couple of anxious moments, but I actually had one of those kind of more confusing ones, like I mentioned before, when you're like, hang on, why am, I, why am I anxious? I do this all the time. I was on a shoot the other day, but it was, to be fair, the first time in probably 18 months that I'd been maybe even longer that I'd done a, um, done a shoot on a location with a lot of people that I don't know because a lot of the work that I do, um, I create the content myself. So I do it at home, especially like since lockdown and becoming a mum. I work with a videographer and photographer who's also like become a good friend who I see regularly it's a kind of it's like a very much a controlled environment that I'm really used to so nothing like it's not like a uh, it doesn't make me nervous that's what I'm used to doing every week and I was going into working with a team I didn't know um at a location and there's lots of people there and I was doing stuff to I had to talk to camera I had to do pictures I had to like meet lots of people I didn't know and when I back in the day before COVID and pre-baby when I was doing this kind of stuff all the time wouldn't phase me at all but I, I showed up at the house and I was just about to get out of my 
um, out of the car and could just feel this uh, this anxiety brewing. I was like, oh, for God's sake, not today. I was like, no. And I started to really stress out that it was there, um, doing the opposite of what we just talked about. And I was like kind of fighting it like in the back of my head, like, no, not today. It can't happen now. And oh God, what if I have to go and lock myself in the bathroom or there was like, it was a, a location house and there was like a big garden. I was like, maybe I'll just have to go and hide at the bottom of the garden. Or I just, I, my instant reaction is, is like run and hide. Um, and then I'm also struggling with like pregnancy symptoms, like heartburn and like all these, I was starting to get this kind of like stomach pain, you know, like typical like IBS symptoms creeping in, like a bit nauseous which also when you're pregnant, like you might feel anyway, but I was just like, no, 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 no. I really don't want this to happen. And luckily I managed to somehow override it. I think once I actually got in there and the day started and, and I just kind of forgot about feeling anxious, Yeah. but that first kind of half an hour, I was, I was really in my head. And, um, and would you feel in that scenario, like you, would you be able to go into that room full of people and like, say the person doing your makeup just say oh god like I'm feeling really anxious today yeah I did I did I did actually say it I did say it and I and I I realized a few years ago that saying it really helps and that if a couple of people that you trust um on the day on the I luckily I did know um you know my hair and makeup um and managed people my manager were there and I'd meant I did mention it to them and I did I felt better knowing that I'd said it out loud yeah just labeling it and putting it out there it's like yeah. I used to say, look, oh, how was your day? Oh, I had a sandwich. Oh, I had a panic attack. And then it's not like, oh my God, you had a panic <laughs> attack. It's like, yeah, it's okay. So pregnancy and becoming a parent, um, I guess I figured that I had so much awareness of anxiety that like it wouldn't hit me. And when when my baby came along, I was floored by anxiety. It really like knocked me sideways. I did not expect to feel as overwhelmed and emotional. Did you feel that, I'm interested to know, did you feel that from the moment when you found out you were pregnant, did it affect you in your pregnancy or was it more once your baby arrived? I was actually really calm in pregnancy. And obviously I, I mean, I had a lot of morning sickness stuff. I, I'm terrified of getting sick, so that was not fun. But I guess I thought that having the baby going through labor was the finish line and the rest would just come so naturally because of yeah. all of what we consume about motherhood is like, you know, you'll know what to do and it's just pure bliss. And you'd be out for brunch on day two with the baby. Oh, and no. I was like, pumping sweat from the epidural I can only assume I didn't know what to do I was really struggling with trying to feed and I just I guess your hormones fall off a cliff the gap between what I thought it would be and what I felt in those first few weeks frightened me so much my anxiety went through the fucking roof so I'm really curious about you know I always I'm really passionate since I had him about normalizing that for people because not everyone loves and adores the first few weeks of a baby it's really really hard and you're trying to get yourself back on an even keel you're not sleeping so how did you find your first few weeks with Sienna anxiety-wise? Um, definitely such a great topic to talk about as well. Um, so I I had a bit of anxiety during my pregnancy, but I, I was glad that I felt actually quite calm at, at the end. And I had a plan C-section, um, which for me worked really well because I knew when it was. I did my hypnobirthing. I'd been listening to a track like every night to prepare myself for how I was going to feel in, in the, in the theatre. And I went, walked in, felt calm and okay, I was a bit nervous, but I wasn't anxious. I was just excited to meet her. And like that part of it was amazing. But yes, afterwards, it was, it was tough. Those first six weeks for me were really hard. And I definitely struggled with what people call the baby blues. Um, and at times I was really concerned, you know, is this, 
spiraling out of control? Am I developing postnatal depression? Um, because I have like a history of, um, of depression. Well, you know, I said I was bullied as a teenager and I was diagnosed with depression then, um, which was obviously like circumstantial, but because I had had, you know, bouts of depression, uh, you know, throughout my life, normally around a difficult time, um, I did think, does that make, you know, I'm surely then I'm more likely to get it now because I'm obviously super sensitive. And obviously that really ties in the depression and the anxiety. They kind of often come like hand in hand. So I was like, oh, I must be a prime candidate to get postnatal depression and kind of like almost talk to myself into thinking that I had it and I was getting anxious that I wasn't going to be able to look after my baby, that I wasn't going to be able to look after myself, that I just basically wasn't going to be able to be a good mom and like keep it together. And actually, but what, what ended up happening was by about six weeks, it, it, that feeling had lifted and, and I'd started to feel, um, I mean, still exhausted yeah. <laughs> and it was still a shock, but I would started to feel a bit more like I could, I could cope a bit more. Yeah. But definitely for me, the first few weeks, it was, it was so overwhelming because I was, I was so happy to have this beautiful baby and, you know, be in this bubble at home. And there was one side of it, there was like beautiful flowers and cakes everywhere and like lovely messages from people and this gorgeous little baby who I felt so much love for. But the other side of it was just these feelings I couldn't understand, not being able to stop crying, the discomfort, you know, the tiredness and out of nowhere, like, in one day I could feel so many different emotions from like you know elated and happy um like the happiest I've ever, ever felt to then like the lowest I've ever felt anxious and like I couldn't stop crying and that could just be in one morning oh my god I know <laughs> like you just go through the full spectrum of emotions it's definitely still massively I think shrouded in mystery and I think there's still a stigma there like we've come so far with anxiety in general but like with mothers and anxiety there's no one wants to say that like I'm having a really hard time or maybe even dare I say like I'm not enjoying this time at the moment. For me it was a really really hard time and after a couple of weeks like you after about six weeks I guess the hormones just settle down like whatever way you have a baby they they all settle down eventually and then you you start to get to know your baby you get to trust yourself and trust yourself to know what you're doing but it was so overwhelming for me and like all my IBS symptoms came back when I share stuff about being a mother I share like the good days and the bad days which you do too as well which is so useful because then it lets people off the hook and lets people realize that okay I don't you know it doesn't mean I'm a bad mother if I find it hard because is there any part in life where there's more judgment than being a mother people have so many different opinions and it's and it, and it's the time when you feel like the most vulnerable ever and and you don't want all these different opinions it's it's um you want that it is good to obviously get advice and, and people do want to help but the the different opinions definitely can make you again make you feel anxious and I think one of the other challenging things is whatever's going on with your baby maybe you're having some sleep issues some feeding issues there's 10 different more there's 100 different ways to do things exactly and you've got to try to find what works for you and your baby and what feels right yeah. and kind of try to instinctively like go with what that is and you often have to just try lots of different things. And and it's really disheartening if, if whatever you're trying like isn't working and you, you feel like quite lost. Yeah, I think part of the anxiety for me, I'm not sure if you would relate to this, is that like before you become a mother or parent, you know, if you work really hard at something, it will work out for you. You'll be successful. If you do your homework, it will work out. If you put your mind on something, it will work out. It's very specific part of your brain. Then when you become a parent, 
it's all instinct and trusting and like trial and error and like we don't want trial yeah. and error we want trial and success that's what we're used to completely and like that shift it can be like obviously it's not just you becoming having a baby you you the process of becoming a mother is quite a vulnerable anxious time because you're becoming a like a new person and you're leaning into a part of your brain yeah. that you're not used to tapping into so I mean it is really significant one thing I found really tough and I think this is really effect I think this is so tied into how I felt in the first six weeks is and I'm sure you find this too and for anyone that struggles with anxiety or mental health not sleeping enough is what the biggest cause right it's like the, is if you're not sleeping and you naturally maybe struggle with anxiety and stress it's going to be 10 times worse if you're not sleeping of course you're not sleeping because you've just had a new baby and I mean every baby is so different depending on like you know how how long it takes them to start getting into a good um, feeding and sleep routine but mo- for most parents those first weeks you're not getting much sleep you know the baby is not able to start sleeping for long periods until it can start eating enough and that's maybe not probably till about six to eight weeks that you're going to kind of get like a good long chunk at night obviously it depends what your setup is in terms of if you've got someone helping you and that's actually something I'm going to do a bit differently this time um because I I was like no I'm gonna I did actually have a postnatal doula come and, and stay with us for a couple of weeks but I was like adamant like I'm doing all the feeds at night and and I really wanted to do it all mm-hmm. um but I was so tired and I think that really tied into those low feelings as well. I know it's hormonal, but I think a lot of it is really tied into how quite how tired you are. 100%. And you, you really have to put your well-being alongside the well-being of your baby because like you can't pour from an empty cup. So, I mean, it's exactly. I think if you can advocate for yourself and be like, no, I need like I need an extra pair of hands here. If you can, like then absolutely take it because you're safeguarding your own mental health so that you can be the best mother you, yeah. you want to be you know I think this time having Sienna as well already I'm gonna like looking back over my experience the first time I'm gonna have help at night and then have I'm gonna have like support in the day to help with Sienna and then at night I'm gonna have somebody to help with um with the with the new baby so that I can I can, I'll wake up and pump maybe once or twice but I'll just try to actually just sleep Probably not for the first two weeks because I feel like you need your milk supply to come in and you're bonding with the baby and you just kind of go, okay, for two weeks, I'm hardly going to sleep at night. But then after that, I'm going to be like, right, three nights a row and every week I'm going to sleep. And then that that's just like, I'm going to see how that goes this time. How is knowing that you've put those plans in place, helping your anxiety now approaching baby number two? So much. I'm such a planner and just knowing, okay, I've got, I've got this in place. Obviously, you don't know what kind of baby you're going to have. Also, I know so much more now and I've got great experts that I know I can literally pick up the phone and get advice from um, if we have the kind of same like sleep sleep and reflux issues we had last time. So I definitely feel calmer in this pregnancy in lots of ways because it's second time around, you know, I'm going into it with my eyes a lot more open and I and I'm. I've got a more realistic expectation of how hard those first weeks were. I get asked this question a lot and I want to put it to you. What would you say to those people who are very anxious messaging me saying, I really dream of becoming a parent one day, but I really struggle with anxiety and I'm so afraid that I won't be able to do it or that my anxiety will just imprint onto my child. I would say it's it's, it's obviously really normal to, to think these things and the, the thoughts had definitely crossed my mind as well. I would say becoming a parent has actually helped me. Um, yes, you're right. Like it hasn't disappeared. Um, but I think, I don't know. I, I guess 
I have also learned to be a bit more in the moment and to slow down. I think lockdown actually really did that to me as well. Um, but to just not always be racing ahead to the next thing and just being more like right in the moment, trying to en- embrace it in the moment, enjoy the moment because you know that they're only a baby for such a short amount of time. To try, I feel like it's made me be more present. And people say to me all the time, and it really annoys me, like, oh, do you ever worry that Kaylin's going to be really anxious because you're anxious? And it drives me crazy. But my answer is always no, because I think, and you're probably the same, I have so much awareness of mental health and anxiety. I know what to look out for, that you'll be a really good support for Sienna if she ever has an anxious, and of course she will have an anxious moment in her life. Of course she'll have worries, but you'll be able to come down to her level and talk her through them because you've experienced it. Our generation is so much more aware, like you said, of mental health and our children are yes, they're growing up in a scary world and don't, I definitely have moments of, of fear and anxiety when I think about that a bit. But they're also going to be growing up with, you know, now they offer like mindfulness at school and, you know, all these things we never had growing up. And I definitely want to encourage that in Siena from a young, young age. Yeah, and there's so many books now about helping you understand your feelings and emotions, whereas our generation, it's good vibes only and there's no room for being, being sensitive. You know, people are uncomfortable with people's vulnerability and I just, I really think we're on the cusp of that changing and that's going to help so massively with, with anxiety of younger generations. As you can hear, I'm very passionate about the whole topic. No, I, do you know what it is? So it feels so good talking about it and it, um, I think what you do is amazing and you really help so many people and I'm so glad you asked me to come on because I haven't actually t- spoken openly about my anxiety journey um, really apart from, you know, in some posts on um, Instagram, but I haven't really spoken about it probably in this much depth, much depth you know, um, d- ever. So this is great. And I'm, I'm really, you know, glad to get this out there. And I hope that it helps lots of other people realize their feelings are totally normal. Before I let you go, I know you're super busy, but best advice you've been given to help dissolve anxiety as and when it's rising up for you. Okay. So I, I actually, I'd love to know from you as well afterwards about what your tips, top tips are. Um, I think one of my, the best ones is like looking at your surroundings, like, you know, the feet on the floor example I gave you and looking at my feet and seeing where they are. And then it just takes, it like grounds me a bit. So it takes me out from being like all in my head to the reality of, okay, where am I right now? Okay. Am I safe? Yes. Okay. Um, breathing, you know, the, um, kind of standard breathing to calm yourself down where you hold, you like breathe in, hold it in for a couple of seconds and then breathe out for like, say you breathe in for like four seconds, hold it for like two seconds, breathe out for like longer. So breathe out for like six seconds. That's a really effective. I, I know that, I know there's so many different techniques out there. Some people use tapping. Um, I, I, I know also that what's the one when you kind of, you look at different things around you and you kind of name them. I know that that's what I used at one point. I, sometimes I use counting, very simple. Wow, you've got so many skills to turn to. It's great. I mean, just to know, even it's a comfort blanket, isn't it? To know that you know there's things you can turn to there. For me, it's really, I suppose I'm probably not so great at like doing the things like the exercises. I'm more in the, I'm like in the cognitive space where I say, okay, like label it, you're feeling anxious, what's going on? And my, the biggest thing for me is to catch myself when I start to be like really self-critical because I think so often we're like, oh, like, why are you feeling like this? This just don't get a grip, yeah. you know? And that just triggers yeah. more. So I say, like, my big question is, okay, you're feeling anxious, that's okay. What is the one thing you can do right now to help yourself feel a little bit better? And that sort of tapping in just to like the self-soothing element. If you can just say, okay, here we are, I don't like this feeling right now, but I but I feel it. That's okay. If I need to leave, I can leave. Like, what's the worst that can happen? If I like 
one the time that I had a panic attack I was saying when I was pregnant at the gig I just said to my husband I said listen like I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now I'm back in, a couple of years ago I would have said oh my god get it like get on with it you have to stay here and I was like I'm not feeling this he had some pals there I was like I'm gonna do myself a favor and remove myself from the situation I don't feel great I'm gonna go home I'm gonna allow myself have a cup of tea and say it's okay you're feeling really overwhelmed it makes sense let's look at the reasons why it maybe makes sense because sometimes it's hard to see that in the moment and like get a helicopter view of so for me it was like yeah. oh you're pregnant well you haven't been in a crowded space in a long time all these different things and then just like forgive yourself for it don't be hard on yourself and then I noticed that when I had that approach the, the my I suppose the aftermath of the panic attack was so much easier because normally the aftermath is awful because you're like oh my god am I broken am I like gonna get sent away and it's where it's the aftermath where how you how you take care of yourself in the aftermath of an anxious moment is where you can really like impact it long term definitely I think there's not doing something nice for yourself like you know you've just been through something really stressful like you need a treat like you know whether that's a cup of chamomile tea with a bit of honey or a hot bath or a lie down you know like you said and you're really comfy super soft pajamas and like literally just getting into bed under the covers that's okay it's like it's it, you know it's taking that that time for you maybe it's calling a friend and crying to them about how you felt you know? definitely vocalizing it and, and like sharing it with someone has been like so helpful to me because it and I think for everyone it just even though sometimes it might be hard to say it it normalizes it for that person and for you and if, if we talk about it so openly and it becomes so normal then we, we we definitely like shave off the anxiety about what people will think about it definitely talking about it is is so crucial um and I think definitely you know anxiety for new mums and around pregnancy and um it, it it needs to be definitely talked about more um in order to normalize it and help help people to feel less alone and less scared to to say how they're feeling because it doesn't make you a bad mum if anything it makes you like makes you a better mum because you're you know you care so much if someone is listening now and they're they're feeling they're like right where you were in your mid-20s when you were going from one panic attack to the next and they're just not sure where to start what would you want to say to them I would say you're going to be okay so you know you will you're going to get through this and the first step is recognizing that you how you're feeling, and what if you if you can do that, then you're already on your road to recovery and to feeling a lot better. Because for me, definitely, like when I started to go, okay, what are these feelings? And okay, that's anxiety, and anxiety was a scary word, but it then meant that I could tell people and get help for it, and and start my kind of. Um, start finding coping mechanisms and start finding therapies and different things that um would help me to manage it and that have become you know part part of my journey and that, that I was that I use still to this day and it's you know don't be afraid don't be afraid to ask for help don't don't feel any shame it's completely normal and the more you reach out and talk about it like you've been saying it just it really will help so definitely ask for help there's so many different ways and for different I think you'd agree that there's a there's a for, there's not just one answer for for everyone that's feeling anxious there's a lot of different um things that can help you and you've got to find like the, what what feels right for you for some people it's medication and a combination of therapy and that's also fine you shouldn't feel any shame if you need if that's what you need um for some people it is you know changing their lifestyle exercising changing even like their diet like 
getting more sleep like you've got to like look at the whole like big picture absolutely because it is a big picture Millie thank you so much I really appreciate how much you've shared with me how open you've been I hope it's been cathartic for you it's been it's been yeah it's been really cathartic it's been such a pleasure I'm so happy to have met you albeit virtually thank you for sharing all that you do and just making it you know people like me feel everything is normal and okay and you're just the best kind of influencer there is so thank you that really means that really means a lot to me and also keep doing what you're doing it's really great and you help so many people hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.